Thank you, team. Take your Bible this morning and go to the book of Psalms, the 91st Psalm. For the next four weeks, I'm going to be looking through these verses and preaching exp uh, expositorily through this uh, Psalm, these 16 verses. And beginning each service for these next four weeks is my plan that we would all stand together and read the entire Psalm, and then I will preach from a portion of it. This morning, we'll use the first four verses, but we'll read it all, and I'm going to invite you right now to rise if you're physically able and read with me from the screen or out of your Bible. You will find it in Psalm 91, the words from the pen and the heart of Moses. Now, it could be from David, but I believe it to be Moses. Moses wrote Psalm 90, and it doesn't tell us any different. And usually, coming through the Psalms until they tell you a different author, it is the same one. Uh, but you, eh, I'm going to drive a stake down on that. It could be another author, but I'm going to preach it as being from the life of Moses. As he comes, and we know that he wrote uh, Psalm 90, and we come to Psalm 91. I invite you to read out loud with me these verses, 16 of them. Psalm 91, and let's read together and read now. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, or of the arrow that flies by day, or of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. And he will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life I will satisfy him and will see my salvation. Father, thank you that you do indeed let us see your salvation. Open, Lord, our hearts today and use my lips of clay that you might speak to us a good word and that we would run to you in this time of difficulty. In Jesus' name we pray and ask, amen. Thank you and be seated. I have taken from Martin Luther's old hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and lifted his title and put it right here on my message today from Psalm 91, 1 through 4. He was not 
really writing out of Psalm 91, but Luther was reading Psalm 46 when he wrote, A mighty fortress is our God, but much of the same language is found in each of these two psalms. Moses writes of victory in the storm. The one thing we do not know is the context of Psalm 91. What caused him to write other than the inspiration of God? These words, usually out of a context, you know it, but we're not certain. But you can look and see those troubled days in Moses' life and how he ran to God as his refuge, as his mighty fortress that he ran into. We do know that he wrote Deuteronomy 32, and it's a song, a hymn of the old Jewish faith. And in Deuteronomy 32 and verse number 4, we find these words. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of, say that word, faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. He is a God of faithfulness. And that's what Moses is saying to us in Psalm 91. God is faithful. Come to me. I will not let you down. Come to me. I will be your protector. Come running unto me. When I was just a little boy, we were part of a Boy Scout troop. And at the gorge in Pisgah, where I grew up on that high rocky ridge, the Civitan Club every year had a art show. And they would hire the Boy Scouts to come and park cars and do the work and they would leave the art up for two days and two nights and we camped out and we were the watchmen. God help us if anybody ever stole any of the artwork. We worked for little and most of the time for nothing other than they would feed us and that was our time. And then we would walk that gorge during the day and enjoyed that. And sometimes we would walk down into the bottom a long way. There's a beautiful waterfall that comes down into a pool of water. And there were myself and another gentleman, a young boy, Boy Scouts. We were walking one day along that edge and we found this huge rock. A pine tree had grown up and that rock had literally broken open. And while we were there that day, a storm quickly came up, and the two of us got in under that rock and waited for the storm to pass by, and we came out as dry as when we went into that little cubicle cave-like place that had been broken open by this tree growing through this rock. God was dealing with my heart during those days, and I could... Hear those old songs, the cleft of the rock, and how you could hide yourself in God himself, in Christ our Lord. And I see Moses here with that rock broken open, telling us to run when the storms come, that we can find a mighty fortress that is our God, even when evil comes against us. It's in that context, in that thought, that I see these first four verses that I want to show you three simple items coming out and then give an invitation 
And I want to invite you today, if you've never trusted Jesus, that you'd get out of your seat, walk right here and take me by the hand. As one young man came to me, a young adult man, at the end of the first service, tears in his eyes, he took me by the hand and he said, I'm ready, today's my day. Gave his heart and life to Christ right around here in the encourager room. Two other families coming and saying, Pastor, today we want to put our life. We're coming from Tupelo, Mississippi, a family coming. Another family coming from the state of Virginia that has just moved here and said, we want to put our life in Olive. We believe this is where God would have us. And if it's your conviction today that you need to trust Christ, come. If you're here to join this church today, you come and join me right here in this invitation when we sing this grand old song and invite you in that invite. Leading up to that, I want to show you these three things that I find, three truths that rise out of this text. First of all, I find uh, from Moses saying, my covenant with God. He has made a covenant with God, my covenant, your covenant, our covenant with God. Notice it, it's in verse 1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. There, Moses shows his covenant with God with those two words, dwell and abide, dwell and abide, dwell and abide. Say those two words with me. Dwell and abide. He says first that you are to dwell in the shelter of the Most High and then abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That word dwell in that shelter is your move-in date. Your move-in date. This is where you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to ask you today, all across this room, from the top row to the front, can you take me to a place and tell me of a time when you've invited Christ to step out of heaven, step into your heart? That's your move-in date. It's when He moved into you, and you moved into Christ, and you were saved that day. Do you know you're saved today? Do you have a move-in date? Can you do as the pastor and say, when I was a 10-year-old boy, I came and gave my heart and life to Christ? Do you have a move-in date? Amen? If you're saved today and you know when it was, say amen. amen. If you didn't know and didn't say amen, then come today and let the 12th day of September be a move-in date. If you didn't say amen and you just lied so you'd sound like everybody else, come today and know the Lord. Come and trust Him. It's your move-in date for salvation, to dwell in the shelter. There the rock has been cleft. Jesus died for you. And He opens His arms and says, come, come, come and dwell with me. But then the second word is the ongoing part of the covenant. You have a move-in date, but then you have continuous action where you abide in the shadow. He's saying, not only do you come to me, you come and stay with me. Amen. You, you are there forever. Jesus uses this word abide in the 15th chapter of John 10 times. 10 times. The word in the Greek is meno, M-E-N-O. He, he, he says, come and abide. Abide in me, abide in me, abide, abide. Live in me to remain and endure. You ever been in a relationship and there's a little bit of drifting, kind of drift apart? Those of you that are married, uh, you've done it. You made your commitment, you got into covenant, but something, you just kind of get a little dry or stale and you just kind of have a little divide. 
There are two ways that people do that. Number one, they decide, I will not speak to you, and I will just give you stone silence. That's one way of saying to your, okay, we got to, we're not going to talk, I just, I'm not going to talk to you. Others are just opposite. They scream and yell, pitch a fit. And people lay that over on their relationship with the Lord. Some people, they drift away and they just get quiet. And they just say, well, I'm not going to talk to the Lord. Friend, you may not talk to him. He'll talk to you. And some people scream, oh, God, I, I'm mad. My spouse died. I'm mad. That cancer came out. I'm, I hate God. You were in covenant, but you've drifted. And some get angry. Some get quiet. Oh, it's a sweet day. If you're in a marital covenant, you come back and say, honey, I'm sorry. Amen. And she says, I know you were, and you're welcome back. <laughs> and you reunite. I'm telling you, friend, it's a good day when you come home to Jesus. You said, well, I, I stand, but, but I've kind of drifted. Friend, it's time to come home. Reestablish that covenant. Say, oh, God, you, you don't fall away and you're no longer God's child, but he deals with you as one of his disobedient children and he woos you and draws you and you come home unto him. Some of you need to come home today. Some of you need to establish that move-in date as a covenant. Others of you need to reestablish and remain and endure faithful unto the end. My covenant with God. But secondly, there is my confession of God. I made covenant with him, but now I make a confession of him. Notice what he says in verse number two. Notice it right here. I will say, there's the confession. I will say to the Lord, and he says three things. My refuge, my fortress, my God. My refuge, my fortress, my God. Listen to me. If you're going to live for God, you need to verbalize. You need to verbalize. You need to speak it. You need to confess it. You need to say it. What do you say? First of all, he's my refuge. Right there in verse 2, the, the word literally is tree shade. He is my shade. Amen. The place of refuge. You read the 20th chapter of Joshua. If you accidentally had taken the life of someone in the Old Testament under the Jewish umbrella, they had these cities of refuge set up where you could go to that city of refuge and the elders would take you in until there could be a trial until they could rule whether you were guilty or innocent. But no one would touch you. Even those that were angry and came against you, they, they would keep you safe in the city of refuge. God is our city of refuge. When we are in difficulty, we come running to him, as the author of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 says, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible, it's impossible. God cannot lie. We who have taken refuge, we take refuge in him, would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope that is set before us. That's what you do. You, you take hold of the refuge. You, you run. You confess, I live with God. Say amen. 
That's it. You, you, you confess that he's your refuge. But secondly, he is your fortress, your fortress. It's as if he builds a wall all around us. <laughs> and he is our protector when we run to him. One of my favorite verses about that is Isaiah 52. And verse number 12, where the word of God says, but you will not go out in haste, nor will you go as fugitives, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. I can't see both places at once. I've got some peripheral vision. But I can't see what's out here and what's back here at the same time. God not only goes before me, he's my rear guard. He's not only my rear guard, but he goes before me. God is our fortress. You need to confess that, that when you cannot understand, God's got you. He's got you. He is the faithful one in your life. You need to confess that he's your refuge. Confess that he is your fortress. And then he says, oh, but he is also my God, my God. My God. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4 is the Old Testament Shema. Shema is the word for hear or listen, where Moses wrote, listen, Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is how many? One. How many the Lord is? One. One. And not a bunch of gods. And not even two. There's only one God. Jehovah's his name. One God. He said, oh, Pastor, and I believe. I don't give a rip what you believe. I'm telling you the truth of history and the truth of the Word of God and the truth of eternity is there's one God. He's the God of the Bible. He's the God of the cross. He's the God of the empty tomb. So, oh, Pastor, you know, there's these people believe this. I don't know what they believe. I'm just here to tell you there's but one God. He said, well, I don't believe that. That's fine. You can believe that if you want to. You can go to several heavens. <laughs> Just up and fly away. He said, well, I'm more open-minded than that. Well, God's not. He says, there is one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is thy God. The Lord is one. You make confession of the one and only God. So you trust him. You're in covenant with him. Then you make your confession. For some of you that have come to the place to believe, you need to come make your confession this morning. You need to come and say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm coming to make my confession. Going to the baptistry and making your confession there as we place you under that water and raise you up. You believe that Jesus died and he rose again. You ought to be baptized. You can do it next week or on the 26th. We're having a big baptismal day here on the 26th. And that evening, we're going to baptize, encouraging people to come. Take that step of being in covenant with the Lord and you make your confession of him. So we have my covenant with God. We, we have my confession of God. But then I want you to see my confidence in God. No, notice the text. Verse number two, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. There is my confidence. There are four names for the one God in this text. He is the most high in verse 1. Elion. There's no God higher than him. He's above everything. He is the most high God. Secondly, he is almighty. That is Shaddai. 
There's no one stronger than God. No one even half as strong. Then he is Lord. He is Jehovah. And fourthly, he is called God Elohim. That is the word for God in Genesis 1-1 in the beginning. Elohim. God created. He's the creator. He's the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega. First. And last. Four names for God. Most High, Almighty, Lord, and God. Then there are three actions. Three actions that we find from God in verses 3 and 4. He delivers, He covers, He protects. Now put your ears on right here and listen to me now. Don't miss it. He delivers. Notice verse 2. For it is He who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. Verse number 4. He will cover you with His pinions. Under His wings you may seek refuge he covers you and the last part of that verse says he protects his faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark it's it's like a shield in in front of you he goes before you now listen there's some people who would take this particular text and say all i've got to do is claim this and i will never get sick i won't get covid i won't get cancer i won't even get a cough I'm sorry, this verse cannot mean that. Just cannot. You say, how you, the experience tells me. I've known too many good people. You say, preacher, you don't know their heart. No, I don't. But I've known Bible characters. I read in the Bible. I, Moses, who wrote this, dealt with difficulty. See, he's talking about victory in the eye of the storm. And that God in the eyes of he delivers. Yes, he does. Sometimes he delivers in this life. Sometimes he delivers to the next life. I stood right there yesterday with a young widow, five children, her husband dead, COVID, godly woman. I would never dare tell her because she didn't believe enough God didn't raise him up. You're a fool if you tell her that. He's the Alpha and Omega. You're not. I'm not. Sometimes deliverance is in this world. Sometimes it is deliverance unto the next world. But he does deliver. He covers. Like a mother hen grabs those chicks. Remember what Jesus said? I would gather you like a mother chicken that gathers her chicks, but you would not. But if you run to him, he, he will cover you. And sometimes we get blasted in the difficult times because we don't run to the Father. We try to go it alone. We come under his cover. And then he protects us. Thank God for his protection. The last part of verse 4, his faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You can say a lot of things about God, but I'm here to tell you, you, you cannot say he is not faithful. He never sleeps, he never slumbers, he's always on the job and he's watching for you. He cares for us. He delivers, he covers, and he protects. And Moses says, I trust him. I trust him. 
I trust him with my all in all. Hezekiah trusted him. Amen. That young king in 2 Kings 18, 5 and 6, he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him is none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who went before him. Then notice this in verse 6, for he, here I love this word, he clung to the Lord. He grabbed hold. He did not depart from following, but he kept his commandments which the Lord had commanded even unto Moses. And we find that Hezekiah trusted. You should trust him. Cling to God, even in the trouble. Cling to him. Cling like David. Psalm 4 and verse number 5, offer the sacrifices of righteousness. And here's our word, cling. Trust. Trust in the Lord. And then, oh, Proverbs 28, verse 1. It's the same word, but it's translated altogether differently. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous, here's our word, trust. It's the same word as trust, but here the author gives us, they are as bold as a lion. Dear friend, you need to be as bold as a lion with your trusting God. I never met a lion except in the zoo. I don't want to meet one anywhere else. <laughs> But what little video and different things I've seen, they, they look like they're pretty tough. He says, here be bold as a lion. Let your roar come. Speak up, stand up, shout out. I will trust like Hezekiah did, like David did, like Solomon did. Hallelujah. Now, I've read a lot about this. I've, I've read this chapter I don't know how many times in the last several weeks. I've been reading it over and over and over. I've read everybody I can find about this song. Spurgeon writes about it a lot. Spurgeon says, listen to this, what C.S. Spurgeon said about Psalm 91 and, and about this faithfulness. He said, I tell you, Psalm 91 challenges us to live in fearless faith even when the city is filled with lepers and the graves are gorged with corpses. Live in fearless faith. Trust him to save, trust him to sustain, trust him to supply. Hallelujah. I got in my phone right over here, I listen. The website's Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was a doctor, and God made him a preacher. He was in London. Of course, he's dead and gone. I, I don't listen to many live preachers. I just listen to mostly dead preachers. They don't mess up. I don't have to go back. Uh, but you can get the Martin Lloyd-Jones trust. And I listen. Uh, make sure you got plenty of time because he preaches about an hour at a time. Amen. Yeah. Uh, some of you guys will never be a member of his church. <laughs> you, you, you'd be out and gone. Lloyd-Jones says about faith, I love it, I love this. Faith is the refusal to panic. Faith is the refusal to panic. There's a pandemic. I refuse to panic.
There's a hurricane in the Gulf. I refuse to panic. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't put your stuff inside. That doesn't mean you leave all the windows open. Doesn't mean you don't go get gas for your generator. It does mean you don't buy all the bread in the store. <laughs> the first 72, isn't that right, it's on you? Well, you don't need enough bread for 72 years. You need enough for 72 hours, all right? I'm not saying that you don't prepare. I'm telling you, you don't panic. Why? Because he goes before us and he's coming behind us. He's either God or he's not. There either is a God or there's not one. And if I've staked my eternity on him, I'm going to trust him for this moment. My faith. I refuse to panic. I'm thinking about Moses in in this text. I'm wondering, where was this? Well, I don't know for sure, but I'm telling you, Moses has got this million people following him, and he's he's going, and God said, we're going around here, and we're going over there, and they come up, and there's a, a big body of water, and God said, we're going over yonder. And, and Moses, that water's over our head. I got women and children. I got men that can't swim. I got stuff that'll say, Lord, how do we get over there? He said, I'm telling you, we're going over there. And he says to Moses, take that stick you got in your hand and raise it. The Bible says that the water stood up like a heap on either side and they went over on dry ground. Now the Jews are still here. They've been going over on dry ground a long time. And then the fools came after them. They started to cross. And God hit the flusher. It's all those swords and chariots. It's like, oh, brother, where art thou? I remember that movie when they let the water out for the dam. Here came a dog through there. Moses was told we're going this way and pestilence was following him. And he refused to fear. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you this. The church of the living God will endure until Jesus comes and no prophet, no problem or pandemic will kill it and it will last forever according to the promise of the Word of God.
I will not tank. No. Do you know that when you add part-time and full-time together, we have over 100 employees at this church? Now, I don't know if you watch the news this week or not. But I was told by the highest office in the land, if I didn't do a certain thing, it'd be trouble. I refused to panic. I've, I've read this book, and I live by this book, and like Paul, I am a citizen of my country. Paul was a citizen of Rome, and he appealed to Rome, and that extended his days I've read the Constitution of the United States and the government's to make no law to abridge the free exercise of the religion of this world. Not there, can't stand. But whatever they decide, I'm here to tell you, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to do it. God got me in the, Hey, friend, many times as I've been cussed in the last six weeks, I've been cussed because I've done too much. I've, done, I've been cussed because I didn't do enough. I've had people write nasty stuff on Facebook about me. I've had people tweet about me. You ought to do this. You shouldn't have done that. I've been cussed on every side. I'm here to tell you I'm not going to panic. I'm going to trust the God who is the Lord God Almighty Most High. And I'm going to walk with Him as best I know to do it and walk forward and trust God as we go forward. I'm telling you, if you hadn't been cussed, you've been asleep. I know I get it, and I know you get it. But friend, we don't live our life for this world, uh, for the people of this world. We live it for another world. We're just passing through. I've had a time or two I was ready to pass on. Amen. <laughs> I've been to the graveyard all I want to go. When they tell me I'm up to so I'm not going to panic. When they tell me my mother can't remember, I'm not going to panic. When when they tell me that I got four funerals for people who died of COVID, I'm not going to panic. I'm going to do the best I know how to do and trust the God of the universe. He is almighty. He's the most high. He's the Lord God. So I'm going to trust him. That's what Moses said do. And, Moses, and, and this dude didn't even get in the promised land. God said, you can't go. How come? Just because he disobeyed. He's supposed to speak, not strike. Hmm. Lord, what would God do to our church if he put that on us? When we're supposed to speak instead of fight, but we'd rather fight as confess. I will not panic and then you don't prepare and you don't take action you got to have a plan we got a hurricane plan can you believe Dan Beard retired left us and he wasn't gone 30 minutes we had two hurricanes <laughs> he's in charge of the hurricane plan we had to go over there and find it in his desk so where is that thing in here is it 
we got a plan. We institute that, and we do this so many hours out, and all we do, we're on the phone with Dan. So where are you going? Get back down to the whole hall floods out here. Where's Dan? He's up there eating shrimp in Nashville. <laughs> where are you? He said, I followed God. I don't know what you did, but I... I'm telling you, where are you there? Here, God's got a plan. You've got to trust him. I will trust him. Amen. He's trustworthy. And you've got to trust him. Why? Because he's almighty. Because he's most high. Nobody's over his head and no problems over his head. You can trust him. He is Lord. He is God. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, he is God. You can trust him. Cast your care on him because he cares for A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never, never, never failing. Mm -hmm. Mortal ills prevailing. We got some mortal ills that are prevailing around here, amen? amen. He never, he, he, he doesn't run. We can trust him. And he will go before us and be our rear guard. What a God we serve. Trust him. Some of you don't have your sign-up date. You can't tell me when you trusted Jesus. And you need to walk right here from that top row of the balcony. Come right here and say yes. Some of you need to reach over and take your family's hand and just say, today's the day. We're going to be saved. We're going to join this church today. Some of you have been saved but never been baptized. You need to come set a date right now. You need to do it between now and the 26th day of September. You need to get that in order and, and do what God's called you to do. He's given direction. You say, preacher, I'd be scared to walk down. Don't be scared. Man, if, if you're doing what God said, don't panic. Come by faith. Faith that works is dead. Step out and come. I'm all around this wing, on this wing over here. Just step out, walk right here. Take me by the hand and say, Pastor, today's my day. I'm ready. This is my sign-up date. 12 September 21, I'm ready. We're coming to be a part of the family of God today. A whole row full of family or just you by yourself. You need somebody to go with you, just turn to the neighbor and say, go with me. Say, I don't, don't even know that person. Just ask them. They'll come. They might need to get saved too. Ask them to come. They'll come right here with you. What a good day it'll be when you step out and say, yes, Lord, yes, to his will. You come. You come.